Anybody have those moments, maybe some of you are like me, thinking as that song was sung, certain times in your life when you were just reminded, let's say maybe it was a trial or something in your life that you're reminded, well, you can't make it without him. And, uh, you know, can't make it without him. As much as I do not care for those moments when I was reminded, I am thankful for them. And uh, because they remind me in the times when I think I can, that no, you can't. You can't make it without the Lord, and I'm thankful for him. Go ahead and stand with me, John chapter 20, John chapter 20, and... Uh, <clears throat> Verse 19, John chapter 20, <clears throat> verse 19. The text verses are going to be verses 24 through 31, then the chapter. But, but I want to read into this, if you would, in verse 19. It says, Then the same day at evening, began, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. The setting of this passage of Scripture is the Lord has just been crucified. As you know, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, the Lord kind of has his last conversation with his disciples. And in 17, he prays for them. And then in chapter, chapter 18 and 19, you begin to see his, his betrayal and his crucifixion. And the early part of this chapter, chapter 20, you see his resurrection. And here, this is the first day. Chapter 19, this is the evening of the first day after his resurrection. And he appears before his disciples. Continues in verse 20, it says, And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my fingers in the prints of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas with, with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it in my, in my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Lord, I love you and I thank you for the opportunity to be in church on a Sunday morning with your people. I'm thankful for the opportunity to sing about our Savior and to hear songs sung about you, to be reminded through the special just a moment ago, Lord, we can't even walk without you holding our hand. We were made by you. All things consist by you. And Lord, you strengthen us even in our Christian life. Lord, I'm thankful for that reminder. Lord, I pray that as we run to the scripture this morning, as you, that you would open up our eyes to the truths, or that as the word of God is preached, you'd give me wisdom in what I say, and that you touch each of our hearts this morning from the word of God. We love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you ever read a, a, a how-to book? Remember those books? Maybe some of you have read them. They would say maybe some subject for dummies. Anybody accounting for dummies, English for dummies? Microsoft Office for Dummies. Henry, you ever read one of those? You ever read one? And if you can get past the insult in the title, there's usually some good there, right? And if you can get past that moment for a minute, and there's a, there's a how-to in those books concerning a, a certain subject. And uh, maybe you've read an instruction manual with a how-to. Well, there is a, there's a how-to in this passage of Scripture. 
First of all, there's someone to be seen in this passage of Scripture, and that's a risen Savior. Amen? We are here today, once again, on the first day of the week because of a risen Savior. Uh, boy, in this passage of Scripture, you see that pattern begin of those early disciples assembling on the first day of the week, and you see that pattern kind of beginning here in this passage of Scripture, but, but we have continued that because we serve a risen Savior. We have a Savior, we have an empty tomb, and a, and a Savior who's in glory, and one day we're going to see Him face to face. But there's a how-to in this passage of Scripture, and that how-to is in this passage of Scripture is how to miss the Master. How to miss the Master. There's a character we see in this passage of Scripture, Thomas, one of the twelve. And uh, on one occasion, he, com- he missed the presence of the Lord. On the other occasion, he found the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful that we serve a God of second chances, aren't you? And uh, God wasn't going to let one of his twelve go. He wasn't going to let it happen, and he wasn't going to let Thomas slip away. In chapter 19, we see the Lord, or chapter 21, we see the Lord specifically address Peter and as he went back to fishing. But in this passage of Scripture, we see the Lord calling out Thomas, doubting Thomas as we know him. But he almost missed out on the Master. He almost missed seeing his risen Savior. Anybody, maybe there was something you wanted to attend, someone you wanted to see, some place you wanted to go, and, and you were prevented from it. Maybe by a choice that you made or, or may simply you were providentially hindered. And then later on, you'd, you'd be around folks who were there and they were talking about it. And you were thinking, boy, I wish that I had been there. I wish that I didn't miss it. I wish I had seen it. We, we've all had those, those moments in our life. I picture Thomas here for a moment, even though he would doubt the Lord. And that first time he missed it. I, I can't imagine missing what happened that first day of the week. I don't know where Thomas was, but I can't imagine missing that. But he, he completely missed it. Thankfully, eight days later, he got back and he saw his Lord. But he almost missed it. I think that first day of the week, that tomb was empty. Those ladies started headed for the temple and Mary Magdalene probably got there a little ahead of them and found the empty tomb and went back to find Peter and John. And uh, Peter and John would rush to see the empty tomb and see an empty tomb. The other ladies would arrive and see the empty tomb. They would see the angels there that say, he is not here, he is risen. Mary Magdalene would see her Lord there in the garden there around the tomb and uh, and then the Lord would appear that first day of the week, that same day of an evening, would show up and to see his disciples. But Thomas, Thomas was missing. Thomas was missing. Uh, and uh, we know two people were missing. As a matter of fact, it says here in verse 24, but Thomas, one of the how many? One of the twelve. We know at least two were missing. There may have been more, but God draws our attention. We know at least two. Thomas and the other was Judas, right? Uh, the doubter was missing and the denier was missing. Both of them were not there that night. They missed it. And, uh, but what an incredible thing to miss. And I, I tell you this, I don't want to miss the presence of God at work in our life. We don't want to miss that. In this passage of Scripture, we see a recipe, if you will, on how to miss out on the Master. But in the middle of that, you also see how to find His presence in your life. The first thing is an obvious thing, and that first one is just simply this. It's be absent. Just be absent. You look at verse 19 again in verse 24, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Thomas was just absent, wasn't he? Uh, we, don't, we don't have a clue where Thomas was at, and, and we, we might make our, we might surmise a little bit, and, and I would surmise a little bit, and if you would, and uh, maybe, maybe he had heard, the disciples were saying, let's get together, He's, the tomb was empty, we've heard this news, and someone had told Thomas, and maybe Thomas just said, uh, you really think this is the time for that? 
You really think now is the time? I mean, just, let's just remember here for a moment. The Pharisees have already started the rumors, right? Pharisees have already started the rumors considering, concerning the empty tomb. They've already said maybe the, the, the guards had fallen asleep or had been overtaken and the disciples stole his body. It was those disciples. They broke Pilate's seal and they dealt with his guards and they've stolen the body of Jesus. They crucified our Lord. You think now is the best time for us all to be getting together in one place? <laughs> At least maybe we can make it difficult for them and be scattered around, right? Maybe now's not the greatest time. And maybe for fear of danger for his life, he just said, you know, not this time around. I'm just, I'm just not coming this time around. I, maybe, maybe he was there and it's the Passover time. We know it's Passover, right? This week, this eight days. And maybe he's sitting there and he's saying, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know that I can make it this time around. You know, it is the Passover and my family all gathers in Jerusalem for this event. And a lot of my family are coming. A lot of them are coming and... Uncle Obadiah and Aunt Ruth are going to be there. Last year they couldn't come up because the sciaticus was messing around with them, all right? He, he couldn't be there. It's been a few years since we've seen each other, and, but we've got to get together. We've got to get together tonight. And so he missed the assembly. Maybe it was all that was going on. You know, Pilate and Herod were in town, and Herod's palace was actually down on the sea there in Caesarea, and that's where he stayed. But because all the Jews were gathering in Jerusalem, he and Pilate went up to Jerusalem, And maybe there was some extra pageantry around Pilate and Herod being there. And he goes, I want to see some of this stuff going on. And look, I know it's what the world does, but there's still some beauty in what's happening out there in the world. And I just want to see some of that unfold today. We don't really know why he wasn't there, but we do know this. He wasn't there. You know, we, you and, I, and I think of this, you can miss his presence by being absent. I think of this, when it comes to the house of God and the assembling of God's people together, friend, you miss it when you're absent, aren't you? Matthew 18, 20, it says this, for, two, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. In Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I, I tell you how you can miss what God's doing among his people is just to be absent. Just to be absent. I know this, that God commands the pastor to preach the word, to be instant in season, out of season, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And we know this, we gather together to hear the preaching of God's word. We, we gather together to lift our voices up and praise our Savior. And we know that God has promised to be there in a unique way as God's people gather and assemble and corporately worship and corporately pray and corporately hear the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. And I can tell you this, there's a good way to miss what God had for you just be absent. Just be absent. Hey, look, there are times when providentially we can't, aren't there? There are times when it just, maybe just circumstances allowed or God, God does some things and, and we're not able to be there, but there's a difference between cannot and will not, aren't there? Isn't there? To just miss it because we chose to be absent. Revival meeting and salt conference and those things. And I believe with all my heart. Matter of fact, our revival meetings are scheduled out through 2026 already, all right? So we're already praying that God would do something. And a preacher, I texted Brother Davidson this morning and, and texted him that I was praying for him. And he mentioned, uh, you know, that he was looking forward to being here. And God's already laying a message on his heart for this people in this place, right? There's a good way to miss the message that God has for you. Be absent. There's a good way, a real simple way. 
just be absent. I don't know what kept Thomas. I don't know whether he had a good excuse or a poor excuse, but I do know that he was absent. And as a result of his absence, he missed out at least the first time on his master. Somewhere along the line, maybe he was hearing what all that happened. He said, well, I'm going to get together with these guys one more time before I go back to Galilee. But he gathered together and he was there the second time around, wasn't he? He was present. I tell you, there's a, there's a good way to miss out on what God has for you, and that's simply absence. I believe this. God called this assembly. Matter of fact, he reminds us in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 that he purchased it with his shed blood. He calls us to be together, calls us to hear that teaching and the preaching of the word of God. And he said until that day that that greater gathering happens, the only gathering greater than this one is the one when we're all called up and out of here and we're all together with him. What a day that will be. But until then, that God does something special among his people and there's only, there's a good way to miss it and that's just be absent. How about absent from your personal walk with God? Jeremiah 25, the Lord would bring a rebuke to the people of na- the nation of Israel on multiple occasions in the book of Jeremiah. And these are one of his com- condemning statements that he would make. He would say, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, Ammon king of Judah, even unto this day, that is the three and twentieth year, the word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking. But ye have not hearkened. And the Lord hath sent you unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. But ye have not hearkened nor inclined your ear to hear. Psalm 63, 1. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Lord reminds us, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In prayer, he would say this in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In 2 Timothy 3, 16, he would remind us that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God breathed it and gave it to us. He reminds us of the word that we have, the incredible privilege of approaching him in prayer. And in Joshua 1.8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and what? Night. There is a good way to miss out on what God has for you, and that's merely to be absent. Well, I believe this, that God has something in his word for us every day of our life. God wants to meet with us in prayer every day of our life. He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and he went to Calvary that we might have a relationship with him. But there is a good way to miss out on your master. Be absent. Be absent. I would say to you this, Christian, that God has you what you need for your Monday, for your Tuesday, for your Wednesday, for your Thursday, for your Friday, for your Saturday, for your Sunday. And you'll find it when you're present with your Savior. In his word, spending time in prayer with his people in God's house, finding what you need. The song, I can't even walk without your holding my hand. Did you grab a hold of his hand in prayer today? Did you grab a hold of his hand in the word today? You're here today. Praise the Lord. We're here today, aren't we? We're here. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. And and the reality is there's a good way to miss it. Thomas 
was just absent the first time. I, I don't know what his reason for it. It may have been a good reason for all we know. We don't know why, but we know he was absent. I will tell you this, Christian, there's a place where it all starts when it comes to missing out on the master, and it starts with, with absence. Just absence. Hey, there's times when maybe we are providentially hindered. There are times when things happen. Thursday, Thursday for me. Wednesday was a little bit longer day. We had got into, you know, here this Thursday morning, and I think it was around 7.30, 7.40, something like that, and stayed through the service. We had a meeting after the service, and I went home. I think it was almost 11 or so when I was home and getting ready to go to bed. And I usually, usually I'm an early morning guy, but I was worn out, all right? So I changed my alarm. Anybody ever do that, hit the snooze? I said, I'm going an hour later, all right? I'm going to go an hour later, and I did. I set it for an hour later, all right? That hour came, and you know what woke me up? It wasn't my alarm, <laughs> It was a phone call. And so I got up. One of our members was, uh, you know, Miss Emma, who's doing so much better. I went to the hospital and, and got to see them and pray with them. And then I came home. It was an hour later. And I was back in my office, you know, a little bit later. And I got to walk with the Lord a little bit. But it wasn't the same. And ever will have to walk with the Lord. And it's you desired to. You planned to. But you were unable to. But you miss it, don't you? Or we should. Providentially hindered from his house. But we miss it. So I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's something special about this place. I appreciate pastor, pastor appreciation, all that you're going to, that you guys do for us. And I wish I could show my appreciation for you for the same way that you do it. But I'd run out of it. All right, I'd run out. All right. But I love this place. I love what happens here on Sunday. I love what happens here on Wednesday. I love what happens here through the week. And I don't like to miss it. Friend, there is a good way to miss what God has. I believe this. This is our place, isn't it? God has something special for you. Don't miss it by absence. God has something for you in his word tomorrow. Something that you're not going to get from this preacher or a teacher, but something you're going to hear straight from God as you open up his word. Something that's not running through the filter of a man, but something that's running straight into your heart as you open up the scripture and spend time in prayer. Don't miss it. By absence. He was absent. Well, God has something for us in his word. And the first time he was absent, but the second time he showed up, didn't he? He showed up. Look at this. If there's a way to miss the master, it's be absent. And then here's one, be, be stubborn. Be stubborn. Nobody in here is stubborn, right? There's, there's nobody in here that would say they're, they're stubborn. Look at verse 25. The other disciple therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the prince of the nails and put my finger in the prince of the nails and thrust my hand into his sides, I will not believe. Some words to circle. I will not. He did not say I cannot, did he? He said I will not. You ever been at the, at the dinner table? And uh, maybe you're at the dinner table, Thanksgiving. I, I come from a big family. I'm one of nine kids, all right? So every meal was a big meal, all right? But Thanksgiving, my favorite meal of the year, it is coming, all right? Thanksgiving is coming right around the corner. You ever been sitting there at the table and the food is out there and it's spread around and maybe you just need the gravy for your mashed potatoes. I mean, there's got to be mashed potatoes, turkey. There's got to be um, uh, sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on there, green, green bean casserole. I'm, 
trying to provide a menu here real quick. Okay, no, okay. And, uh, you know, you have all that, and there's the gravy. It's on the other side of the table. And if you are, if you are me and my family, there might be multiple people there. And you look down and say, hey, can you give me the gravy? But the gravy is in front of that one person we all know in life, right? The grammar king, right? The grammar chief. And they pick the gravy up. And they're about ready to hand it to you, and then they say something. May I? All right, who's ever been there? Holding the hostage, the gravy hostage. You're going to have to use the grammar to get it, right? And automatically a battle begins inside of you. Shall I dump the gravy all over this person and jump across the table? Or will I just say what I know is actually right? May I, right? We know there's a difference between may and can, isn't there? One implies that, that if you were to say can't, that you do not have the ability. But will is different, right? It's about ability. I can. He didn't say I can't. I'm unable to trust. Did he? He said, I will not. He did not say I cannot. He said, I will not. Friend, he had already been there. Three years he had walked with the Savior. He had seen 5,000 fed and 4,000 saved or set fed. He had seen the lame made to walk and the blind made to see. He had seen the Lord walking on the water and Peter following him. He had heard the words, peace be still, and it was still. He had seen the Lord cast out demons and forgive sin. He had seen the Lord say, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came forth. He knew he had power over death and life. But this day, for whatever reason, he said, I will not. And I will tell you this, many times what gets us is it's not I cannot, but it is I will not. I will not. We hear it in politics as they talk about countries and things that are going on. Where is America's red line? Where is the line they cannot cross? Friend, there can be no red lines with Jesus. There can be no red lines drawn with God. Well, I will but for. No, it is, we must say, as the, as the, as the Romans chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 1 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We must say, Lord, here is my life. What you have for me, what will you will for me, what you desire from me. Lord, here I am. I will, I will, I will. And one of the things that was hindering Thomas was obviously his doubt, which we'll come to, but his decision to doubt. What was implied here is that he made a decision to doubt. Friend, he, he, had heard, he had heard it all, and yet he made this decision. I will not believe. James chapter 4, 6 through 8 says this, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the what? The humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Boy, God has something for those who surrender to Him. God has something in store for those who just simply say, I will. Neither yield your members as instruments under unrighteousness, but yield yourselves unto God. 
The yieldedness, the yielded life that says, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And here we see Thomas, for whatever reason, he said, I will not believe. I will not believe. And I would ask you, where have you gone to God and said, I will not. I will not. I'll tell you a way to miss him is to say to God, I will not. He made a decision to doubt the Lord. In spite of the fact that he had seen him call Lazarus forth, in spite of the fact they'd heard him say, I am the resurrection and the life, in spite of the fact that he had seen his many miracles, the Bible says many miracles, there's roughly 36 miracles recorded in the Gospels. And in the book of John, John just records eight to bring our attention to who God is. But he said there was many other things that could have been said. Many other miracles that he could have pointed out. But these are written that ye might believe. And Thomas had miracle after miracle, but he said, I will not. I think how many times if we're not careful, we say to God, I will not. I will not. We see one way to miss him is to be absent, to be stubborn. And lastly, the obvious one, to be doubtful. To be doubtful. Verse 25 again. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Except I shall see in his hand the prince of nails and put my fingers in the prince, prince of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe Then saith he to Thomas in verse 27, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Isn't it something? Thomas had decided to be absent from God, but God wasn't absent from Thomas. Because Thomas said those things to the disciples of the Lord when he thought the Lord wasn't around. But guess who heard him? God heard. I'm thankful for a God who is not absent from us. Friend, what you do with God may affect your relationship, but there is a God who loves you in heaven. Amen? He wasn't letting Thomas go. And he would say there, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my what? My God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. Boy, Thomas had an advantage that you and I don't have, didn't he? He had the incredible privilege of walking with the Lord face to face. I've often thought what an amazing thing it must have been. I don't know, when that moment God called him. But then to be with him, maybe he witnessed the, the first miracle, Canaan of Galilee. He certainly witnessed many others time after time as he witnessed God do his work. And he would hear the Lord say who he was, I am the Messiah. And he would see and prove who he was in his miracles. What a thing that must have been. Maybe to sit there, wouldn't you have liked to not just read the Sermon on the Mount, but to have seen it unfold? But not just the ones that we see recorded in God's word, but the night, the nights by the fireside with his Lord. But you know something? God says we have a more sure witness, more sure word than an eyewitness account. And you know what it happens to be? The word that you hold in your hand. 
All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Thomas had the privilege of seeing Christ and having God's word after he ascended into heaven and looking towards the Lord. You and I, friend, our faith will one day be sight, right? He started with sight, had faith, and looked ahead to the fact that he was going to see him. And one day Thomas walked into his presence. But the Lord would, would commend those. He said, Thomas, you believe because you have seen. But blessed, there's coming a group of people, friend, that are not going to see. But they're going to have the incredible, reliable word of God in their hand and a Holy Spirit who speaks to their heart. And they're going to trust in my word and look forward to the day that they see me. And he said, that's the one I'm looking for. Thomas doubted the word. He was there. He knew what God had said. You, you know, why was there a guard of people outside of the Lord's tomb? Why did Pilate put his seal upon the tomb? If you remember right, it because the Pharisee said, now we know what Jesus said. He said on the third day, he's coming out. And we're worried about these disciples of his, that they might steal his body away and then claim that he's risen, right? But the disciples, they were a little dense, weren't they? God had told them. Others had heard it, but they doubted it. And Thomas was one of them. He doubted the word. I'll tell you something, Christian. There's a good way to miss out on the Lord is to doubt that Bible you hold in your hand. To doubt it. Doubt the God who wrote it. The God who gave it to you. I will tell you something, friend. God has something special for us in his word that is unlike something you will get anyplace else. It is his word given to his people and given to the people that we might know God. His doubt, his doubt nearly cost him. And it was a willful doubt. I will not. Boy, how many times have we found ourselves in that place maybe if we're not careful? A trial comes our way. We know what God's word has said. We know what we've experienced in our past. But there's still the temptation is there. Will I trust him? And we'll make a decision, a willful decision in our life. Will I doubt or will I trust? Will I doubt or will I trust? What you do in that moment in a big way determines how you see God. See, he almost missed him. I'm thankful that in this passage of scripture, he, he missed him the first time, but he found him the second time. Where he had been absent, he became present. Where before he said, I will not, look at again at what he says here in verse, verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Right, if you were to look up those two Greek words, you don't need to. You would find out the difference between Lord and God. One speaks of him as creator and the other one speaks of him as sovereign. In one he said, you made me, and the other said, now you're Lord of my life. The man who had said, I will not, now said, I will. The man who said, my will before, now said, thy will be done. Where he had been absent, now he was present. Where he had been stubborn, now he was yielded. Where he had been doubting, now he saw the Lord and he was trusting. And it all makes the difference in whether you miss him or not. Whether you miss out on seeing him at work in your life. 
There's a how to miss him. And there's a how to find him here. Number one, just don't be absent. The simplest of decisions, but the hardest to be practiced sometimes. Just don't be absent. Run to his company and the people of God. Run to him in his word. Go to John, go to Proverbs, go to Psalms, start reading God's word. Open up your heart and say, Lord, teach me from the scriptures and begin searching his word. The Bible says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. As sure as you need physical food for your life, you need the spiritual food from his word. And God is waiting and he is ready to deliver it when we go looking. When we go looking. Don't be absent. And don't be stubborn. What gets us many times is we see it, but we don't want to yield to it. We see it, but we don't want to yield to it. It's been man's problem for a long time. We see it, but we don't want to yield to it. Thomas got his heart in the right place when God confronted him. And I'm thankful for that God who confronted him. I'm thankful, friend, that you serve a merciful God. That if you neglected him yesterday, you go to him Today, he'll still be waiting for you. He's still waiting. And then this is, he was, he, was, he decided to trust him in your life. I, I don't know what circumstance you may find yourself in in life, but I will tell you this. Trust God and his word through it, friend, and you will find him faithful. Trust God and his word through it, and you will find him to be Faithful. In your life. I will, I will think. I think this. If we're missing him. It is not his fault. It is not his fault friend. It is our fault. If you've missed out on a word from God. And you weren't in his word. That's not his fault. That's your fault. If you missed out of him in his house. It's not his fault. It's your fault. If you missed hearing from him. Maybe you were in his house, but you, you were just set and determined what you were going to do. Stubborn. Don't be surprised you didn't hear from him. Don't be surprised. Because God knows your heart. And until your heart is yielded to what he has for you, it might be a little quiet. You know how you, go, you, know how you be present but don't hear anything? Have a hard heart with God. And you could be present, but not hearing anything. But when he saw the Lord and said, my Lord and my master. And then this, just trust the Lord. Just trust him. Trust him for salvation. Trust him for his leading in your life. Trust him that he's faithful when the trials come and his Bible has promised that he's there. Trust God and his word. And I promise you this, he'll show up in your life. And you'll find out this. He was already there the whole time. He was already there the whole time. You just didn't see him. The Lord was there the whole time. He was there the first time when he showed up in the room. He was around Thomas when he, when he was saying, unless I get to see him and put my hands in the scars. The Lord heard the statement. Thomas just didn't see him until he showed up where he was supposed to be. Don't miss out on the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the scripture. Lord, I'm thankful that you put this story in this book. 
Or there were many other things that could have been written, but you didn't think they needed to be written for us. One day maybe we'll hear from some of them when we see our Savior and, and hear the stories of what took place. But this one you gave us on purpose. Or maybe there's someone here today who has said, I will not when it comes to salvation. Maybe they know the gospel story. They've heard what Jesus did from on Calvary, but there's some sin in their life and they don't want to yield themselves and they just said, I will not. Pray this morning they would yield. They would say, Lord, whatever you have for me, Pray they would trust the Lord. Maybe there's a decision not to be absent, whether it's from God's house or in our personal walk with God, to make a decision, I will not be absent from God. Maybe it's just to trust some circumstance in our life where we've been called and we have to make a decision. Will we trust Him or will we not? But as you have spoken to our heart, Lord, I pray that we would respond to what you have for us this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask you this first question. How many of you know that you... Heaven is your home. There was a time in your life, maybe you can't give an exact time and date to it, but you'd say, Preacher, I know this. I've trusted in the Lord as my Savior, and I, and I called upon Him, and I know if I died right now that I would see Him because I have made that decision to trust in Him. If that's your testimony, would you raise your hand just between you and I and the Lord? Say, Preacher, I know that's a settled thing for me. Thank you. you may put your hand down. Is there anybody say, Preacher, Preacher, I'm not sure about that. Maybe you've known the story. You've known what Christ has done for you. You know the, history, the account of what He's done, but... But you've never come to that place where you just simply said, I'm going to trust him on it. You say, preacher, today I want to put my trust in the Lord. I'm not sure, but today I want to be sure that heaven is my home and I want to know Christ as my Savior. If that's your testimony, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Is there anybody like that? Let me ask you this then, Christian. How many of you say, preacher, the Lord has spoken to my heart. Maybe you're going through a certain trial in your life and God's just saying, trust me. And you have to make the decision, will I trust him? Maybe it's a matter of surrender in your life where you just have to say, Lord, okay, Lord, I will Maybe it's that presence in your life. When's the last time you truly sat down and walked with God with a surrendered heart in His Word? But if you'd say, hey, preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart this morning, would you raise your hand just a testimony between you and I and the Lord? And would you stand with me as the pianist begins to play as God has spoken to your heart? As Lord, boy, as, that, as the Holy Spirit has touched your heart through the Scripture this morning, I, I would you challenge this. Don't be, if God has spoken, don't be silent. If God has spoken to your heart, don't be silent. Spend some time in prayer. There's a place down here at the front where you can come and meet with God. And there in your seat, you can meet with God. But boy, when God speaks, don't remain silent. God didn't come just so he could be heard. He came to, so that he could hear from us. But as God has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord this morning.